Morning, y'all. I'm Katie Kamen, and it's Tuesday, September 13th. There are two big days celebrated on this date, and you might like one, if not both. First, it's International Chocolate Day. It's also National Peanut Day. For some of us, they're two great tastes that taste great together. That slogan, by the way, came from commercials that began in the 1970s for Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. And they weren't wrong. Feel free to celebrate accordingly. But before you head to the candy jar, let's stop by the Live 5 First Alert Weather Center for your Tuesday forecast. Hey, good Tuesday morning to you. A cold front on the way for today, and that's going to help to lower the humidity and the rain chances. Still starting out muggy this morning, but as the day wears on, the lower humidity will start to arrive. You'll especially notice that tonight and into tomorrow. Today, highs in the mid to upper 80s, partly cloudy sky, lots of sunshine, only a small chance of rain, and then dry Wednesday, Thursday, Friday as well. Morning low starting out of the mid to upper 60s should be really nice out there with highs in the mid to upper 80s by the weekend we'll bring back a slight chance of rain with highs in the mid 80s you're listening to morning y'all your local headlines and first alert weather forecast from the low country's news leader live five news morning y'all is sponsored by musc health join a team that's changing what's possible MUSC Health is hiring for all locations and various positions, including radiology, path and lab, maintenance, and a number of other professions. Find out more about the competitive pay rates and benefits or review a more comprehensive list of current openings at muschealth.org slash careers. MUSC Health, changing what's possible. Now let's check your morning headlines. Orangeburg County deputies say surveillance cameras captured a car they believe is involved in a catalytic converter theft. Now, the sheriff says the suspect drives the Audi A4. You see it right there on your screen. Now, the theft took place on September 6, around 7:10 a.m., and security cameras at the Duke's Harley Funeral Home captured that shot. You see, employees discovered a converter estimating about $2,000 had been removed from a limousine. If anyone does have information, you're urged to call the Orangeburg County Sheriff's Office or Crime Stoppers. Crime Stoppers of the Low Country is offering a nearly $9,000 reward for information leading to an arrest in a fatal hit and run. That crash happened back on July 5th. Charleston County deputies say 22-year-old Alexander Jennings was walking along Saul Legree Road on James Island that night when he was hit by a car. According to the sheriff's office, the car left the scene and the driver has still not yet been identified. Jennings was then hit by a second car that also left the scene. The driver of the second car was later arrested and charged. If you know anything about this crash, contact Crime Stoppers. Well, two teens have been arrested in connection to a Labor Day weekend shooting on King Street that left five people injured. This makes a total of four people arrested so far in this investigation. Charleston police say a 16-year-old from North Charleston was arrested yesterday afternoon. His name can't be released due to his age, but he's charged with attempted murder, possession of a weapon during a violent crime, and five counts of assault and battery and multiple other counts. The Charleston Police Department arrested 19-year-old Mari Smith Jr. Saturday, 20-year-old Tyvon Davis and another 16-year-old were char charged the night of September 4th for shooting for gun violations. Um, now, Police Chief Luther Renner says that they cannot arrest their way out of a problem of gun violence. Arresting is just part of their solution. 
Attorneys for Forge Consulting say they're taking legal action against Alec Murdoch and Bank of America. In a statement from the financial firm's attorneys, they say it comes as a result of the serious harm that Murdoch and Bank of America have done to the firm's business reputation and credibility. Attorneys say Murdoch set up a fake bank account using the Forge brand in order to take millions of dollars from his clients and colleagues. The suit claims Murdoch's plan could have been caught if Bank of America had done due diligence to confirm that the account was real. We've reached out to Bank of America and Murdoch's team for comment. No response from Murdoch's team. Bank of America declined to comment. A trial date for the former CEO of Palmetto State Bank and associate of former uh, attorney Alec Murdoch has been set. Now, Russell Lafitte faces five-count indictment for a federal grand jury. Court documents indicate his trial is set to begin November the 8th. The former banker is charged with conspiracy to commit wire fraud, bank fraud, and misapplication of bank funds. Lafitte is also accused of helping Murdoch and suspended attorney Corey Fleming divert nearly $2 million from clients in three separate instances. Well, Dorchester District 2 says they're still short 12 bus drivers. This bus driver shortage has caused many students to be late to school and even led to a new bell schedule for middle and high schoolers this week. Anna Harris was at the board meeting and tells us how the district plans to fix the issue. The district says they have 20 applicants in the pipeline to become a bus driver. However, the board also mentions their concerns about the retention rates of those drivers and what will help keep them in DD2. The district is short 12 bus drivers, and yesterday there were 13 additional drivers out for illness or other reasons. People applying to be a bus driver must take an academic class with the district, get a learner's permit with the DMV, obtain a commercial driver's license two weeks after that, and take a certification exam by the State Department of Education. Steve Shope, the director of transportation for DD2, says the entire process takes about a month. When asked about an incentive to keep these drivers in DD2, Shope says there's only a promise of a year's step in increase in salary as long as they drive the required number of days. The district says they want the parents to know they're listening. And so we continue to work on avenues to try to improve the situation and we're working with our schools, working of course with the transportation department, we're looking at routes, making adjustments in the routes, um, also looking at um, ways to bring in additional drivers. One board member says if you're still having issues with bus transportation at DD2, you can email them. You can find that email and additional highlights from this meeting under this story on Live5News.com. In Somerville, Anna Harris, Live5 News. Well, our state is working to keep up with the growing need for mental health services among kids. A report from earlier this year found that more than half of the state's public schools don't have access to a licensed counselor. In that report, the state's Department of Health and Human Services detailed a list of steps it plans to implement to increase access to mental health resources at school. One involves a new partnership between the agency and the University of South Carolina's Department of Psychology. Some schools will begin taking part in that program this week, and it aims to give staff the tools they need if they're facing certain situations, while the state still works to expand access to counselors in schools. It's self-paced with courses covering topics like prevention, early intervention, classroom support, and how they can help their school navigate the mental health crisis. Yesterday, the South Carolina Commissioner of Agriculture took a tour of a Dorchester County High School's farm. The 10-acre farm is located at Ashley Ridge High School. 
Around 450 students are part of the school's Future Farmers of America program. Commissioner Hugh Weathers says agribusiness is the largest component of the state's economy with nearly $50 billion in annual revenue. Weathers says he's been impressed with what he's seeing and hearing from students in the program. The redistricting process for the city of Charleston is well underway, and tonight the city council and the public will review potential renderings for the new districts. Yeah, some residents on Johns Island are advocating for the island to all be one district, and for the first time in Charleston's history, there's a potential that it could be. Molly McBride spoke to one of these Johns Islanders who is advocating for the island to be under one district and is encouraging others to do the same. Good morning, Molly. Good morning. Peter Rabino, a resident of Johns Island, says when the city released its first draft, it split Johns Island into three districts. After email campaigns and spreading awareness, he and other advocates were able to get that down to two, and after tonight, hopefully one. If you don't speak up, then you're not going to get what you need. Peter Rabino says having all of Johns Island in one district would give Johns Islanders a real say in their future and a true influence in city decisions. He says he wants the person who represents Johns Island to live on Johns Island with the hope that the shared experiences of the island will lead to more impactful decision making. We want someone who's going to live here and understands what's the issues, what are the desires of the people who live here, and have to put up with the traffic and the growth and all of those things, because if you don't live here, you don't see all those things that are going on. Tonight, he, along with other advocates, plan to attend the city council meeting to continue the fight for one district. I spoke to the city's chief innovation officer, Tracy McKee, who says tonight, two scenarios will be presented. She says the first one prioritizes minimizing change, but splits Johns Island into two districts. So in that scenario, Johns Island has two representatives, but each of those representatives also um, represent parts of West Ashley as well as James Island. She says the second, which keeps Johns Island under one district, prioritizes compactness and communities of interest. However, in that scenario, Johns Island only has one representative. Regardless, McKee says the city is doing their best to listen to the public and accommodate their desires. We have uh, made a really good effort to get public opinion this time and bake that opinion into our plans as much as possible. As of now, Johns Island is a part of a larger district in West Ashley. Up until this year, the population just wasn't large enough to support its own district. Tonight's meeting is at 5 p.m. at the Charleston City Hall, and Rabino encourages anyone passionate about the issue to show up and sign up to speak. Reporting live on Johns Island, Molly McBride, Live 5 News. In today's birthday file, actress Barbara Bain from TV's Mission Impossible turns 91. Eileen Fulton, who played the manipulative Lisa on As the World Turns, is 89. Actor Ben Savage is 42. Thanks for joining us for Morning Y'all. From Live 5 News, I'm Katie Kamen. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to Morning Y'all. Produced every weekday morning and sponsored by MUSC Health. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts or listen anytime at live5news.com slash podcasts. And download the free Live 5 News app for your mobile device for the latest local news and weather updates 24-7 from Live 5 News, the Low Country's news leader.